Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, and Wes, week one has finally arrived. Packers Saints, it will be played in Jacksonville on Sunday. It's a 3.25 p.m. Central Time kickoff. We are just a handful of days away now from the opener to the 2021 season. And a bit of news here as week one gets underway for the Packers. Zadarius Smith, now only doing individual drills, but Zadarius Smith back at practice trying to work his way back for a second time now from that back injury after a, a start and stop during training camp, but uh, a sign that uh, that this Packers team might just be getting healthy at the right time. Yeah, very much so. And I, I got to admit, like I, I kind of laugh at the intro. I'm still not used to saying Packers versus Saints in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, it's terrible what happened in New Orleans. I wish this game was being played down there. I just, I'm st- I still can't believe this game is being played in Jacksonville of all places. But we'll see how the thing goes. 90 degree weather. We'll talk about that later this week with Keys to Victory. Drink your Gatorade. Uh, <laughs> as far as this is concerned, though, with Sedarius Smith, a pleasant surprise with him being back on the practice field. And Matt Schneidman from The Athletic asked the question of Matt LaFleur before, pra- or before practice, you know, are you anticipating seeing Sedarius? And as he said, yeah, we're going to try to get him through the individuals and hope that he can be back out on their field this week. Back injuries are tricky, Mike, and we don't know if it's structural. We don't know if it's a muscle issue. But for Zadarius to miss as much time as he did after really not missing any, I mean, this is a guy that has been banged up the past two years, but he still found a way to be out there on Sundays. Um, it tells you that this was something that, that this guy was truly dealing with. And we'll see exactly what the rep count looks like if he does play. The nice thing for the Packers is I thought Preston Smith had a phenomenal pre-se- you know, preseason training camp. I, yeah. I thought he looked great. I thought he, he seemed trimmer. He seemed like he was you know really... You could tell there's a chip on his shoulder there to want to bounce back this season. That was the best training camp he's had Absolutely. In, his, in his three in Green Bay. I think there's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, in Rashawn Gary, although he had a couple trip-ups there with the groin issue, ha- has continued to make significant strides. I, I said it from day one. Whether Zadarius Smith is healthy or not, I think I want to you, you got to get Rashawn Gary on more on the field than 44% of the defensive snaps. And depending on what Z's workload looks like early this season, this could be a really good opportunity for him to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think a, you know, a best-case scenario for the Packers here now, if Zadarius Smith is able to continue practicing to some extent the rest of the week, given all the time that he's missed, he's not taking the field in Jacksonville to play 50 or 60 snaps or whatever. That, I think, is out of the question. But if Smith, given all this time that he's missed, is actually healthy enough and capable to play a situational role in week one here to play, whether it's 10 or 12 or 15 snaps, whatever it might be, you know, strictly a third down situational pass rusher, maybe as an example, that would certainly be a boost to, to the Packers defense for a guy that they, they haven't had on the field uh, throughout the course of training camp. Also just on the injury front, Tyler Lancaster, who's been out for a while with an elbow injury. He was back at practice on Monday. As far as the 53 man roster, the active roster, the only player not practicing on Monday for the Packers was uh, second-year safety Vernon Scott. So obviously Matt LaFleur's plan was to get to week one as healthy as possible. It's why the starters, the vast majority of the starters, did not play in any of the preseason games. They did not want to take any risks there. And to this point, it looks like he's going to uh, accomplish that goal as best he could. Yeah, and there's, there's two different trains of thought to this, Mike. The first one is you don't want to take out 
your your stars. You don't want to bang them up going into the season. Uh, you can look. I think even I, I was looking through um, some different game books after the the preseason finale. I mean, you thought the Green Bay Packers sitting thirty players was a lot. There were some teams it was 35, 40, It seemed like just they didn't. They might have been dressed, but they didn't get in the game. Yeah, they really concentrated on shorting up that bench because you need to be able to get these guys through a seventeen game season. But furthermore, Matt Lafleur. These guys, I don't have any more breaks now until early December. You're going yeah, to go it's 12, a long wait for that for the full bye week. Twelve straight games to be able to get. I mean, forty years ago it was twelve games. <laughs> I mean, it was that's just the way it was built. So right. for the Packers, that, as I've said to you before, since the day the schedule came out, that is a huge opportunity for them. They're going to be able to rest up and then have whatever it is, three of their last five or whatnot, at home and be able to kind of build some momentum into a potential playoff push. But to get there. They, they got to go through the gauntlet here, and fortunately for Green Bay, they enter week one healthy. Yeah, well, a shout-out to our sponsors here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Well, we talked a lot in the offseason, Wes, about even given the salary cap constraints and, and just the, the strange financial world that the NFL is in here for 2021, that general manager Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, Matt LaFleur, everybody, they, they did everything they could with only a couple of exceptions. They did everything that they could to kind of keep the band together to make another run at this thing. But if there's one area where we're going, there's going to be some significant personnel change compared to what we've seen it's on special teams because it looks like Amari Rogers the rookie third round pick will be the punt returner it looks like rookie seventh round pick Kylan Hill will be the first option on kickoff return and now a new punter is also in the fold and that is Corey Bajorquez and I do have to apologize because I believe I was saying his name wrong when we brought it up last week so Bajorquez is the proper pronunci- pronunciation we got a chance to uh to meet with him he spoke to the media for the first time since he arrived in green bay on monday after practice and uh a young man who's he's excited to have this opportunity here in green bay he's go goes from uh you know buffalo uh afc runner up to now he's uh he's with the uh the green bay packers a two-time nfc runner-up here, and the Packers' bottom line is they're expecting um, Bajorquez to be an upgrade in this area on special teams. Yeah, it was the number one thing that Brian Gutekunst said after they made this trade was they felt like this was an opportunity to get better at that position, and if you go off of what he's done in the past, I I think you'd have to agree with that. Um, Bajorquez, it's funny too, a SoCal kid that's sort of been adopted by the cold. I mean, with with him punting for three years in Buffalo and having success there, now it's going to be punting in one of the more you know tumultuous environments in the National <laughs> Football League. But that being said, I mean, the numbers jump off the page to you. I mean, last year, you know, first and gross average breaks the Buffalo's record. And it wasn't just gross average. I mean, he was fifth in the NFL in net as well. 
And I really enjoyed that 17-minute press conference we had with him. And, and I mentioned this to you afterwards. It almost reminded me more of the days in which we'd be in the locker room. You're just kind of huddled around a guy. And you're just not really pelting him with questions, but yeah, more just, just having a conversation. Yeah, ha- having, having a chat with a new guy that, that's new in the locker room. And, and the number one question you even asked him of this, and I think it was a lot of, on the forefront of a lot of people's minds, is, okay, so this guy has this season with Buffalo, looks really good. But then he gets non-tendered, then he goes a month without signing, and then he goes to Los Angeles to go up against Johnny Hecker. Where he doesn't have a guaranteed job by any means. This is one of the top punters in the league from 2020. Yeah, and, and Bjork has said it himself. I mean, this is a dang near impossible you know, task of trying to unseat Hecker. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of camp, it was Hecker that said he was even wondering if maybe the Rams would move on from him and, and go with this guy after he has a 51.9 net average and has four of his seven punts go inside the 20 two of those punts in mile high dying at the one yard line that's a heck of a performance by Borges to make this a really solid competition yeah he had a big time preseason for for uh, for the Rams no doubt about it yeah and for him to be able to to carve out a job as he said it it wasn't so much just about okay well where do I want to go and where do I want to punt it was about where am I going to be able to improve myself he talked about learning the you know the banana punt from Hecker, that sideways Aussie-style punt. Um, just little things like that to make him a better puncher for when that next opportunity did come. And for him, as he said at the end of his presser, he hopes it's in Green Bay and he hopes for it's you know in the long term and years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Packers, uh, Packers hoping to be better in all phases on special teams. And as they head into this week one matchup with the Saints, I thought we could touch on what you and I see as 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 maybe some key matchups as far as Green Bay versus New Orleans here. The first one that jumps out at me is the veteran defensive coordinator Dennis Allen for the New Orleans Saints coming up with a scheme. He obviously has to deal with Aaron Rodgers, but he's looking at an offensive line that is most likely going to have two rookies yep. on the interior in second round pick Josh Myers at center, fourth round pick Royce Newman at right guard. So this, you know, what the Saints decide to do, how they want to test the Packers' rookies as far as the pressure packages, their defensive fronts, all of that, I think that is something that uh, will definitely be watched very, very closely in the early stages of this game, first quarter, second quarter, because Dennis Allen's plan very much could change depending on how these young offensive linemen for the Packers respond to those initial tests, don't yeah. you think? The first two quarters are going to really be a huge indicator, I think, of how this game is going to go. And, you know, the biggest question I have, without knowing the full tendencies of Allen in terms of how much he blitzes versus, you know, just even man pressure, is seeing what kind of games they run early on, what kind of stunts. You know, what is Cam Jordan doing? What is Marcus Davenport doing? A guy that, you know, in some ways will always sort of be tied to the Packers because that was the trade the Saints made to go up and get him three years ago when Green Bay ultimately ended up with Jair Alexander, which has worked out pretty well. Yeah. But that's how strongly New Orleans felt about Davenport at the time and in understanding how they use these pieces. The, the, the big difference, Mike... You know, you and I for the last decade could talk about how good this offense has been and, and how multiple it is and the way they use running backs. And they always have a top, you know, five, top three receiver in the league in this in that receiving room. But the difference maker that brought the New Orleans back to prominence here the last five years has been the defense. There were a lot of years where they put up a lot of points, they put up a lot of yards, but they were also combating that with giving up a lot of yards, giving up a lot of points. Since Dennis Allen has been installed there, he's changed the culture of that unit. It isn't just an offensive, air-it-out you know, team anymore. 
they're balanced, and it's one of the reasons why they've been able to make these runs that they have. Packers are going to be an interesting spot with quite likely, although it's not confirmed, two rookies in the starting offensive line in week one for the first time in 15 years. Yeah, uh, That's going to be huge on Josh Myers. But as I mentioned to you, I wrote this in inbox too, Mike, Myers has been preparing for this since May. It's not like this was creeping up where it just got surprised there, you know, thrown on them like it was with Corey Lindsley in 2014. Right. He knew this was coming. And this is why the preparation was put in place to get him ready for this moment. Yeah, well, both of these teams have a key member of their offense on the PUP list and not able to play here at the start of the season. Obviously, for the Packers, that's left tackle David Bakhtiari. For the New Orleans Saints, that is star wide receiver Michael Thomas. Now, Thomas also missed the Packers-Saints matchup from a year ago in Week 3, but one matchup that we are likely to see on Sunday that we did not see last year down in New Orleans is Devontae Adams against Marshawn Lattimore, the yeah. star cornerback for the Saints. Adams obviously missed the game against the Saints last year. He was not on the field. The Packers still put up 37 points, which was pretty darn impressive when you're missing your number one wideout. But this adams Lattimore matchup is, uh, I mean, Fox is going to have an ISO camera on those two. I mean, any time that they're lined yeah. up across from one another, they're going to have a camera on them every single snap. No, Lattimore is a—he's an extre- extremely talented player. You know, fun to watch, and and certainly that's going to be a big battle. And really, how Allen and and how the Saints want to use him in this game—if he's just going to be completely traveling with them—you uh, know, there's been a lot of questions about the as as talented as Lattimore is, the overall depth of that position group for the Saints right now. Um, certainly they've been making some moves here the last few days trying to, to you know create some more experience and some more options but that that's where it's going to really be you know an indicator of where this game is going to go because Adams can move around a lot and Lattimore can move around a lot so seeing exactly how those chess pieces fall into place uh, and, and as I've said all along Mike how the Packers decide to put what other four players are on the field with Adams the packages the combinations you and I don't know that. We saw everything during training camp. We saw them, you know, multitude of players. Till the last week of training camp, Equinemia St. Brown was taking first team reps. So what is the ultimate concoction that Green Bay storms up and, and where exactly is Lattimore to counteract that? Yeah, well, what's your, what's your feeling? And because this is week one, we just we really don't have a whole lot to go on. So I'm just throwing this at you. What, what's your feeling on what's going to really look different with the Saints offense with Jameis Winston at quarterback? How Winston plays quarterback is my number one question because the talent's there, Mike. Uh, It always has been. Uh, You don't throw for 5,000 yards (laughs) in a season without having, you know, the ability. But it's always been the takeaways, right? It's been the turnovers. It's been the interceptions. Can you avoid those moments in which you, you shoot yourself in the foot? Right. With Drew Brees... Every single time you and I stepped up here, every single time we did unscripted, we talked about pressuring him, you know, reducing the shot clock. The incredible thing about Breeze, and Phillip Rivers had this too, was that they could get the ball out quickly, but they also got it out safely. And that's not easy to do in a pass-first offense. And being able to understand where your help is and your hot routes, can Winston play faster and play safer than he did in Tampa Bay? Because ultimately that's the only reason he ever lost a starting job. Uh, that's going to be really intriguing because they have weapons they have Dane you know we know what Sean Payton can do can Winston execute it yeah the big thing that we're going to see in a general sense in terms of how the Saints offense is 
<clears throat> excuse me, is going to look different is you have a quarterback who can scramble and get out of trouble. Absolutely. Whereas for years now, Drew Brees, I mean, very shifty in the pocket, could always find his throwing lane, and you know his height was never really an issue. I mean, this is a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame guy, but. Drew Brees was not going to take off and run for 10 or 12 yards on third and six, right? I mean, Jameis Winston can do that. So from a defensive game planning standpoint, you have to take that into account with him. But obviously, the wins and losses for Winston over the course of his career, for the most part, it's it's always been determined yes. by the turnovers. I mean, he, he's had he's had 400-yard games and and... You know, if he throws three interceptions in a 400-yard game, he still would usually lose. Yeah. And, uh, um, and when, you know, and Winston's had success against Green Bay, too. I mean, they, they know how dangerous this guy can be. Yeah. It, and also, you know, it'd be remiss, you have to say it, every time you see the Saints, as long as Taysom Hill, that number seven is on the field, is available for the Saints, how he's used now. Because it's a pretty clear, narrow vision now for what they want to do. Winston's the starting quarterback. Where, you know, so you imagine you're going to see more gadget-type plays with Hill again. Where he's lined up and how they're utilizing him is also going to be something Green Bay's going to have to be aware of. They are much faster in the backfield in terms of the signature collar position than they were in the past. No question about that. Yeah. Well, and and what Packers fans obviously remember from last year's game was the monster performance by Alvin Kamara because Packers had a hard time tackling him. Obviously, that offense is, is designed to get him the ball in space with those opportunities to get yards after the catch, to break tackles, yeah. you know all of those kinds of things. And, you know, yes, the Packers did win that game last year. They also gave up 30 points, and Kamara was was almost like a one-man show on some of those drives for New Orleans. So you have to believe that, you know, that film, Joe Barry's digested it, he's looked at it, he's got to come up with a way to to not let Alvin Kamara just have those stretches where he kind of takes over. Yeah, and that's going to be on the inside backers. It's going to be on those slot cornerbacks and, and how they want to make sure that you know you have tabs on this guy at all times. It's going to be curious seeing how this offense operates now that Breeze is gone in regards to Kamara because it did seem like, especially the last season, as Breeze got older, he started leaning on Kamara more and more, uh, especially in the passing game. Uh, and I think from that you learn, okay, this guy, we knew it since day one he could catch the ball, but just how dynamic he is in space, that's going to be a principle that's going to hold true here going forward. And, and without Michael Thomas available, he's the playmaker. He yep. is the guy everybody has their eyes on. Um, and it's funny, you don't really go into a lot of games where it's like, okay, it's it's you know a lot on the running back. And, yeah, they have some receivers, but it's this guy here that, you know, in terms of a pass catcher, He's going to need all your attention. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll get down to some more specifics, the brass tacks, so to speak, the keys to victory and whatnot will be in our show later this week as we get a little closer to Sunday's kickoff. But I'm already excited. I don't know about you, but it just all the work you put in in the offseason, we've seen it all. You get through training camp, you get through the preseason games. And yes, it's a long season, 17 games and everything, even longer than it's normally been. But there's a lot of excitement around week one. You can't help but get fired up. And this is... Without question, this is an easier matchup for Green Bay being in Jacksonville. But there is a part of me that's like, man, if you could have had this game, you know, inside the Superdome with that crowd, the first time they would have been back, you know, in a year yeah. uh, in that environment, it would have been so cool to hear it, to see it. Jacksonville's Jacksonville. You're going to enjoy the game for what it is. But at the end of the day, it is football. We're back to week one. And incredible, Mike, that's six, seven, eight months, how fast it, you know, passes by. And 
right here again, you have a 2021 season staring you in the face. Yeah, very curious to see just how many Packers fans are in uh, that stadium in Jacksonville on Sunday afternoon. It could be very a very interesting uh, crowd mixture down there in Florida. But with that, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team here in week one leading up to the season opener. We'll have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.